0: Well, hey, everybody. Happy New Year. Hopefully you're well and hopefully you've had a great holiday season over the last couple of weeks. It's just so great to be back together. Last Sunday, we kind of had some time just to rest and kind of recover from Christmas. And we're kind of back at it today. So we're so thankful that you're hitting play and joining us for our online gatherings to kick off. The year this year. We also wanted to take a second and say thank you. Thank you to everybody that participated in our Christmas gatherings. We had a a ton of people involved in the different elements for our Christmas gatherings, and we just wanted to say thank you to everybody that was involved. I know some of those pieces and elements were shot at different times and different places and spaces, but we were just thrilled to be together at Christmas, and we wanted to say thank you to everybody that was involved, and of course to you guys that joined us on Zoom or online. It was a fantastic time to be together. And even some of you sent out links to friends and family and it was great to have people outside our community join us for our Christmas gatherings as we were kind of stuck at home. So well done on that. And we're just anticipating a great few months here as we join in and get into 2021. Now with all that said, 2020 was 2020, right? It's funny how 2020 has become an adjective Yet amongst all the disorientation that 2020 brought, we are very, very proud of the way that we have collectively as a community been able to do some things here locally throughout the year. And join in on what God is doing, even though it was a very unique time. And so, I'm super thankful for all of you that have engaged, stayed with us, stayed connected, joined in online with us, which isn't overly ideal. Got in our Zoom rooms together on Sunday and just joined us. But as well, to those of you that gave and stewarded and gave time to the different local outreaches that we've done and engaged in over the last year. We're just so, so excited and so thrilled about what God did in, again, very uncertain times in 2020. And so it's my hope, I've just been really praying this over the last week during the holidays, that God would do something deeper within us as we journey into a brand new year. Now with that said, a guy named Richard Foster, who is like the Yoda of teachers on the spiritual disciplines, he says this. He says, simplicity is freedom, duplicity is bondage, Simplicity brings joy and balance. Duplicity brings anxiety and fear. And here's the thing. It's so freaking true. In a culture that is shaped by FOMO or the fear of missing out and clamoring for us to be distracted by the next thing, Jesus actually invites you and I as disciples into a simple life. Let me say it again. Jesus actually invites us into a simple life. There's a firm belief in our community that the church is actually called to be a simple people, unswayed by the empty promises of busyness, hurry, and the clamoring for more stuff. And I've just been thinking over and over on the holidays throughout the season, what if we could live as a community? What if we could live simply In a city where people tend to run to the next thing. You know, simplicity can and should be a discipline in the life of every single Jesus follower. And as a community, we believe it's actually something that needs to be intentional. It needs to be practiced. That a simple life needs to be something that we practice day in and day out. You know this, nobody wakes up a decade after making a commitment to follow Jesus and wonders how they got to where they are as a disciple, right? You don't just all of a sudden wake up 10 years later and go, oh my goodness, I'm just all of a sudden more like Jesus. One thing we say a lot around here and a lot around our community is that growing as a disciple of Jesus does not happen on accident. Growing as a disciple of Jesus does not happen on accident. It takes being intentional. Again, we don't wake up 5, 10, 15 years from now and all just on accident, all of a sudden look and live more like Jesus. It takes being intentional. So with this in mind, here's the plan, okay? Today, we're going to take a few minutes and introduce our winter spiritual practice as a community. If you've been around for a while and been around the practice community, every single season we have a spiritual discipline that we lead and resource you in to practice every single day. This is at the heart of who we are. Every season we have a spiritual discipline or spiritual practice that we endeavor to kind of lean into. So as you probably sense from our exordium today, we are going to be focusing on the Christian, the Christian practice of simplicity. I'm really excited to jump into this for a few minutes today. But then, next week, we're going to gather on Facebook and YouTube and on our website again uh, in real time. And we're going to have guest Mark Hazard with us. And Mark is an incredible guy. Uh, One thing growing up in a pastor's home is I've been exposed to so many just wonderful, amazing people over the years. And Mark is actually a family friend and uh, a great pastor. And he's actually the regional director right now for Latin America and the Caribbean region of our network of churches around the world. Uh, Praxis is a part of a, a network and it's a great family of churches. And Mark and his wife Val help to oversee the global workers and the different missionaries in Latin America and the Caribbean. And he's such an amazing guy. We've had even a chance to chat this week and just share our hearts with each other. And so he is going to come next week and he is going to help cultivate with us a vision for global missions at Praxis. And so I am begging you right now to please join us next week. I think it will be worth your time as Mark shares with us the work that they're doing, but also helps us engage in a deeper way around uh, global missions. So next week, Mark will be with us. Then two weeks from now, Yeah baby, we are starting our winter teaching series on the Song of Songs. Yes, come on somebody. So this is gonna be a lot of fun as we engage the Old Testament wisdom book that emphasizes, of all things, sex. Yes, you heard it here first. It's gonna get spicy at Praxis Church over the winter as we actually are gonna walk line by line And theme by theme through the Old Testament book that nobody talks about ever, the book of Song of Songs. And I think one of the reasons that very few people actually touch this book is because it is erotic love poetry. And so you heard it it here first, you're going to want to join us. We will be back on Zoom two weeks from today, back together as we start to engage the book of Song of Songs I've been preparing it's going to be fun, and I think it's going to be a great time for everybody in our community, whether you're married or not. The other thing is, is as a supplement to our teaching through the Song of Songs, we're also going to be offering this winter something called the Marriage Course. Now, The Marriage Course is produced by an amazing group of people at Alpha. Many of you guys have probably engaged Alpha in the past. Well, they do such a great job at running introduction courses to Christianity and the faith, but they also have this sweet little course called The Marriage Course. And it is so well done, and I think is something actually that would be a great benefit, as we walk through the Song of Songs, a great benefit for all of us as well. Now, I just want to say this. One thing we haven't bought into here at Praxis is the lie that somehow marriage is the ultimate goal. Like, we've been clear over the years that singleness is actually an amazing calling and is important in so many people's lives within our community and within the church globally. And we have tried over the years to not idolize marriage for sure. This has been really something central to us. We don't want to idolize this thing called marriage like so many have done in the church. I hope you know this, Jesus was single, Paul was single, and these were basically the two founders of the way of Jesus. Probably the two, well obviously Jesus, but then Paul being a very influential figure within the New Testament. They were both single. So with that said, Over the years, we haven't really offered a lot of things on marriage outside of a teaching here or there on this particular topic, and we've kind of just done that in our regular teaching once in a while, but we came across this content, and it is so good. The marriage course is so good, and we actually think it can be a tool for everyone, for married people, but especially for people that if you want to be married someday, it is a great course and some great teaching and content in getting you thinking about what that kind of relationship would look like. And so we know through quarantine and being stuck inside that we just felt like this would be the season that running the marriage course, it would just be a great season to do this. So we haven't had a lot of emphasis on marriage, but we want to we wanna kind of get into this if you so desire. So we're going to run the marriage course starting the week of February the 1st. It's seven sessions long. And what we're doing is we're actually encouraging, you don't have to be in a time and place every week. We're actually going to encourage you to engage those sessions together if you're married or if you're single, you can engage it on your own. We'll send out the session each week for you to engage on your own time. And then the plan is to meet twice over those seven weeks where we'll get together online in the same virtual room and we're going to have some special guests come on those two weeks and just basically share on marriage take questions and we're just going to hang out together so this is actually a course that you get to do on your own time you don't have to have a specific night of the week you can do the content on your own and then join in with us on those two particular times so do the content and then join in with us and what we're doing is that this is absolutely free we're offering this to you for free we want to as a church invest in this so when you register you'll actually receive a journal uh, a book in there and some other maybe little surprises in that pack just to say thanks for registering and we believe these things will be a benefit to you as we engage the marriage course. So if you want right now, you can go there right now, go to mypraxis.church slash marriage to sign up. That'll let us know that you're joining in with us and we will get the, the, the tools, the resources, and the content to you. And we'll also get your email that will be, bl- this the sessions will be blasted out each and every single week for you to join us with. Sound like a plan? We have Mark coming next week, two weeks, the Song of Songs we start, and of course, the marriage course over the winter season as we jump right into 2021. But for today, we're going to look at the spiritual discipline of simplicity. Now, if you've been around the practice story for a while, you may be asking, haven't we already practiced this together? And the answer to that is absolutely yes. Actually, you may or may not know this, the plan from the launch of Praxis a couple years ago, when we were rebranded as Praxis Church, the plan was is that we would actually practice the major disciplines together repeatedly over the first three to five years. We knew this. Going in, we knew that as a community, we would be Practicing the same things over and over from year to year, that we would do these things. You know, these practices can't just be one off things in our lives, and we have this expectation that they're going to change us. It actually takes time to re engage, to come back to these things. And so we've been coming back to these disciplines over and over. And it's amazing. We do this in other areas of life. I look at my kids in sports and in competitive sports and hockey, they do the same drills over and over and over, year to year, getting it into them as they grow and develop as hockey players. And sometimes we have this really unfair expectation that we're going to change without practicing regularly. And so, yes, we are coming back to the practice of simplicity. Now, looking back though, I don't think when we introduced simplicity the first time we did it justice. So we introduced this practice back, you may or may not remember, but back in the fall of 2019. And basically what we did is we took one week, one Sunday, introduced simplicity in a teaching, and then we guided everyone to our spiritual disciplines website that has a bunch of recommended reading and some video and the like, and just really encouraged people to implement some of these things in their day-to-day life. And while that was good... This time around, the plan is to be way more intentional and really lead us in how we can practice this. So what we're going to do over the next few months is obviously we're going to have this series on the Song of Psalms, but every once in a while, probably every month over the next three months, we're going to take intermittent breaks from our series on the Song of Songs and we're going to focus on the different components within living a simple life. That's the plan. Over the next three weeks, we'll probably hit pause w- once a month, and we're just going to get back into uh, in, in enabling us and equipping us around simplicity. In particular, what we're going to do is we're going to focus on three things in simplicity over the next few months. Our time, our money, and our stuff. And if you actually go right now to mypraxis.church, there is a tab in the right top right-hand corner that says Spiritual Practice. If you click that, you'll see you'll be led to a bunch of resources on simplicity. And there you'll find uh, recommended reading, all sorts of stuff that can lead and help you, as well as a three-part kind of video series from a guy named Richard Foster, who we've talked about, on this particular topic. Now, just to forewarn you, these te- this video series, if you click through on there, it's older content. It was probably recorded in the 90s. Uh, I think Richard Foster has like a ponytail. Uh, so you're going to ha- kind of have to get past the ponytail and the sweater vest in the 90s, which is all there and it's all beautiful. Hey, we're all, some of us are watching what is uh, what uh, Saved by the Bell reruns. So, I mean, the 90s are coming back anyways. Gilmore Girls, there's a rerun of Gilmore Girls. What's going on? So we can kind of go back with some of this content. But I actually think that this content has transcended time and is actually something that could be really helpful. So you might want to watch through that as you hear what we're talking about, and want to live a deeper, more simple life. The plan is is that we're going to be intentional in how we spend our time and what we put our energy into over the next few months. The reality is, is that many of us, even in a pandemic, are too busy and we need to reshape our lives towards the things that are important and the things that are most meaningful. We need to focus, and we're going to do this, on how we spend our money and our resources and how we consume as households and as people. Like The scriptures call us to live simply with our resources so that we put God's kingdom first. So this means being attentive with our stuff and becoming more aware of how our practices and how we spend and how we, in the Western world, affect the poor and the powerless. This is something that we need to take very, very seriously. We need to become more aware of how our day-to-day practices affect the environment and people in global, global poverty. We need to be thinking deep about this, and that's our hope as we talk about living a simple life. And I also think that this season is going to challenge us in how we shape our lives around God's community. You know, even in a pandemic, and we're coming right into people's living rooms, which is crazy. Many leave little to no margin to actively participate in community. So the hope for us as we walk through some of these things is that we would become, that this would become for a season, um, a season in our lives where we simplify so that we can actually participate in God's community more actively. That's our hope, is even in a global pandemic. So you may be thinking, again, it's a pandemic, like how do we do this together? Oh. I know it's a pandemic, but I'm also firmly and we are firmly convinced that what is important in our lives will be practiced, whether there's challenges or not. Right? What is important will rise to the top. In a global pandemic or not, the things that we value the most will come on the outside of us. And I just think it's important that even in challenging times, we practice these things. And I do, I do think one of the things that we're going to do is simplify our lives to be more engaged in intentional community. Okay, so with all that said, why don't you take a second and why don't you grab your Bible and turn with me to Philippians chapter 4. Maybe you need to turn it on wherever you are today. And let's take a few minutes and look at what the scriptures say today. And as you're turning there, we just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come You'd open our minds and our hearts to be more attentive to you. God, draw us into your love. Open our hearts to receive what you have for us today. That's our prayer, King Jesus. In your name. In your name. Now, the text that we're going to read here, let's be honest, most of you know by heart. It's Paul's infamous claim, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, beautiful passage, but the problem is is that we can take Paul's proclamation and exhortation here out of context, right? I mean, uh, we could just go off of it. You know, I hear people say all the time all the time, I can do anything because of Jesus who gives me strength. And this idea, though this is what Paul is saying, at face value sometimes can lead to problems. And I've been in the church and around the church for a while. It has led to problems people declaring that they can get whatever they want and do whatever they want because it's Jesus who gives them strength to do the impossible. I mean, have you heard this? Have you heard this before? It sounds really good. Sounds really inviting. I mean, it's got to perk the ears up a bit. Like I can do anything through Christ who gives me strength. But one of the questions we want to ask is what is the context of this, right? Like what What is the context? Just instead of cherry picking one verse at a time, what is the context of this? Because you could take me out into the middle of Lake Huron today. Say you just got a barge, you broke through the ice, you drove me to the middle of Lake Huron, and you dumped me overboard into the lake. I could declare all I want. I can do all things through Jesus who gives me strength. And I could say it over and over as you dump me into the water. But let's think about it. What would happen? You know what would happen? I would die, okay? Like, hands down, I would die. For starters, I don't like the water any colder than my hot tub temperature of like 104 degrees. So these office hands would die simply from touching cold water, right? Like, I, I would die. I could say over and over, I, I, Jesus, I'm gonna follow you and I can do all things through Christ, through you who gives me strength, but I am going to die, so what did Paul mean when he said this? And I think even more importantly, what does this particular passage, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, what does it have, does it have to do with simplicity? Well, I'm glad you asked. We know this. We know that Paul is in jail and he's writing to a church in a place called Philippi in the ancient Mediterranean, Now, I don't mean to make light of our jail system, but don't think of a North American jail system, okay? There are no bacon and eggs here. Paul would have been left chained in a jail cell, and yet it would have been people on the outside who would have been responsible to keep him alive. People would have to show up and feed him and take care of him and, and really help him Remain alive. You know, through all this whole thing, my mind wanders to who would have brought him the ink and the papyrus for the letters that he wrote from prison. That, my friends, is for another day. The point is, is that there is a social context for what is coming out of Paul's mouth, or in this case, What is coming off of Paul's pen as he writes this church in Philippi? And we actually get it right here. We don't have to cherry pick one verse and take it out of context. We actually get the context if you just read the block of scripture. Listen to what Paul says. He says this, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. He says to the church, Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I'm in need. And then he says this, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. And then he says, in light of all that, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. This my friends is the context of Philippians 4:13. It's contentment. Contentment. Paul knew what it was like to have a lot, right? He was one of the top religious leaders in all of Israel at one point in his life. He was top in the Sanhedrin, he studied under the top rabbi in the Jewish community, this guy named Gamaliel. He had the best education, was really at the, the most powerful in the, the Jewish community and in that society. He knew what it was like to hold power and be at the top. He knew what it was like to have plenty. And now he sits in a cell totally dependent on others to keep him alive. Contentment. Paul is saying here, I can be content. I can do this through Jesus who gives me the strength. I can be content whether I have a lot or I'm strapped in a jail cell trying to get these letters to you. Now, here's the thing, I'm really happy that there has been a lot of talk the last few years, both inside and outside the church, on simplicity. I think probably the word that our culture would use or the term our culture would use right now is minimalism. Many people, again, both inside and outside the church, have begun to focus on simplicity and minimalism as something core in their lives. And I just gotta say, this is, like, this is fantastic. This is beautiful that people are actually realigning their lives. Some that know Jesus, others that don't. And I'm, really, I'm super happy for that. People are coming aware of just how they spend, how they live, and what they're doing with their lives. But let me just say this. More than just watching Marie Kondo, come on somebody, and more than just organizing your house and your wardrobe or watching the newest Netflix documentary on minimalism and simple living, which all of these things are great. All of them are fantastic things. Christian simplicity is rooted in contentment. Christian simplicity is rooted in contentment. So Every action towards a simple life, and this is what we want to do as a community, is ultimately rooted in what Paul says here. We are people that are content, whether we have a lot, whether we have little, we are content because we have Jesus. And because we have Jesus, brothers and sisters, we are not caught in the system of this world. Paul actually gets at this in another place in Scripture. He's writing to a young apprentice named Timothy who's leading a church in one of the most metropolitan places in the known world at the time. And he says this, But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. I mean, have you seen this? We could just talk all day about this. And then he goes on, For the love of money, just re-emphasizing what Jesus says, The love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Ultimately to Paul, Our simplicity and leading into a simple life is rooted in contentment. So I just say, before we try and make changes in our lives that will better posture us towards a kingdom life, we have to get to this. We have to understand that our simplistic life, simplicity must be rooted in contentment. We must become content. Okay, now as I've said, And this is such such an important thing to kind of take a hold of, this idea of contentment. But as I've said, through this journey of simplicity over the next few months, we're going to talk about our time and our money and our stuff. So what, what I want to do is I just want to take a second and talk about our time, our time. You know, time is such a fascinating thing when you think about it. All of us, no matter our economic status, our family of origin, or our stage of life, have one common thing. All human beings have one common thing. We have the same amount of time. And if we're honest, time goes fast and time goes slow. Just think about 2020 for a second. Time goes fast, time goes slow. You know, this Christmas my parents gave me a gift. It was kind of a sentimental gift for Christmas. They gave me a bunch of pictures from my childhood, and isn't that the worst when you look back at pictures and you're like, "What was I thinking?" Right? Like that the haircuts over the years and the baggy jeans. Like why why was baggy jeans even a thing? So I'm looking through these photos, and they've done such a great job categorizing these photos and giving them to me to keep and. So for the last few days, I've been going through these photos. And it's been a real reflective moment in my life looking at pictures from the different homes that we lived in over the years to the different friends that we had and cultivated and did life with. In amongst some of these pictures, my folks also gave me some letters from the past number of years, just sentimental, important things that have gone on in our lives. And a graduation program, stuff like that. And so in amongst these pictures was this letter and this letter surrounded my grandfather. Uh, some of you guys know my, grandf- my mom's dad, my grandfather, passed away when I was just three years old. And he was such a great guy, but obviously I didn't know him very well with him passing away when I was three. But my grandfather was actually the head of the network of churches that we're a part of today practices as a part of a network of churches. And way back, I think in the 80s or the late 70s, he was the head of these churches. And so in the 80s, my grandfather actually had a dream of starting a fund for future church plants. He had this dream in his heart to uh, raise money to start other churches in Ontario. And so he died in 1986. And There was this letter written to my mom 10 years later from our network of churches. 10 years after my grandfather died in 1996, they wrote a letter to my mom and my uncles sharing with them that this fund that my grandfather started way back, uh, it it started and it had actually reached in 1996 2 million bucks, like $2 million for church planting. And so I have this letter that the network sent to my mom and my uncles just sharing, yo, like, This money, this dream has actually come to fruition. And I was thinking, here we are at Praxis, 20 to 25 years later, and our church community has been a beneficiary of that fund. And I just got thinking, it's just crazy. From 1986 to 1996 to 2021, time flies. And as I looked at these photos and just memories coming back, It's just put into perspective how fast time goes. And in light of that, I do think that Jesus followers who are serious about the kingdom and about living a simple life need to continually do an audit of their time. We need to do an audit of our time. Now, there's no judgment here, but it's just been interesting through the shutdowns and the pandemic. We've actually had an opportunity We've had many of our lives were like frantic and really, really busy, youth, sports, all sorts of things going on in our lives, running from one thing to the next. Now everything is kind of calmed down and settled down. We've been forced into that. And yet my fear is in and amongst all of this, that for a lot of people that follow Jesus, and there's no judgment because I'm speaking to myself, we may actually miss this opportunity if we're not careful. You know, we've been forced to stay home. We've been forced to slow down. Yet when I talk to a lot of people, again, no judgment, but when I talk to a lot of people about 2020 and all the extra time we've had, you know what people have expressed that they've done the most with their time? Netflix, right? Streaming shows on end, binging. I think if maybe, you know, unprecedented should be like the word of 2020, I'm sure. But I think of binging as the word of 2020 as well. And again, there's no judgment here. And obviously, things like Netflix can be enjoyed. Listen, I've been playing a lot, a lot of video games over the last couple of weeks with my boys, as I got them like mad in an NHL, where all of a sudden becoming pro athletes in video games, just living out those dreams in video games. All of that can be enjoyed. But my fear through all of this is that we're just gonna look back on the season of the pandemic and see that during this unique time, all we did differently is stream a bunch of stuff. And I think when we talk about simplicity, we have to do better as the church. We have to do better. And with a new year ahead of us, and the desire to live simply as a community, we need to think about how we're going to steward our time this year. We need to think about what we're going to do with our time this year, in the coming months, And this also means thinking about what we're not going to do with our time. We need to think through things like the value of our time and what what we value as, as people and as a church community. And we need to think about the kingdom of God in light of our time and everything that we do. So here's what we want to encourage you to do. We actually right now, today, very practical, we want you to take a few minutes right now and write out how you're going to spend your time this year. We want you to think and reflect and respond on how you're going to invest your life and what you're going to invest your life in in 2021. Because this is what it means to follow Jesus. I also think that some of us need to put a plan in place in how you're going to parent your phone this year, Many of us need to think about how we're actually strategically going to parent this thing called our devices and how we're going to steward our time on social media. We need to think through and put a plan together. Let me say it again. This is what it means to follow Jesus in the digital age. Not only this, we, we want you to think through this, but we also have something that can help you in this journey. Even right now, if you go to discipline. You can find in our Simplicity resources there a template for a rule of life. We've done this before as a community. Uh, A rule of life is simply a schedule or a set of patterns and practices and rhythms that help us create space to follow Jesus in all its fullness. And it's intentional. Don't be be scared by the word rule. I know the word rule kind of scares some of us. Its Latin roots are simply connected to the idea of a trellis in a vineyard, right? So think of it like this. In the same way that a vine needs a trellis to lift it off the ground to bear good fruit, right? Think about the merlot you had over the holidays. A trellis held the the vine so the grapes would actually grow and now you get that over the holidays, right? We need a rule of life, we need a rule in our lives to lead our lives when following Jesus. We want actually this idea of following Jesus more than just to be wishful thinking. And my fear is, is when we don't have a rule and we don't have intention and we don't reflect and respond and, and ultimately reflect on what we do with our time, our lives, our spiritual lives in following Jesus just becomes wishful thinking. So in a rule of life, It's actually a place where you get to plan your life in a bunch of different life categories from things like your relationships to your work and money, your mind and your body. It's all in there. You can see the different categories in which you can write out some of the things you'd like to see happen in these different life categories to keep you on task and moving forward as a disciple. And the ultimate goal is that we would encourage you to plan your time so that you can follow Jesus with everything in 2021. Our heart is for you and for us as a community to move forward, following Jesus with heart, soul, mind, and strength. But it's going to take being intentional. And simplicity ultimately starts with what we do with our time. And let me remind us, this won't just, it just won't happen. It won't happen out of the blue. We need to be intentional as followers of Jesus. And so take the resources that are there, but I want to encourage all of us in this community and everybody that's watching and listening today. We're so thankful that you've joined us, that you just think through what your time looks like in this moment at the beginning of a brand new year. So brothers and sisters, i just love to pray this over you. I hope you can take it. I hope you can even do it right now, right now with us. Maybe use the rule of life. Maybe just open a journal and take some time. To reflect on how you can implement this. But for now, I just want to pray over us a very well known common prayer that the church has prayed for centuries. It goes like this Send us out in the power of your spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Let me pray one more time. Send us out in the power of your spirit, King Jesus, to live and work to your praise and glory. And I hope you can say with me from wherever you're watching today, amen. Grace and peace, guys. We hope you have an amazing week. We hope you can join us next week, but I also hope you can enter into this practice of stewarding your time for the kingdom.